I am ready. I am Rand. I am Legend. Rand, are you anything? Marshall. We all are Marshall. Podcast for the media by us.com. Joining me today is Brent, hey. TJ, Whoa. and Chris. Oh. On today's podcast, we're talking about what we've been watching. We're talking about the week's film news and TV news in a segment that has its own name, but first, we're talking about what we've been watching. Also has a name The Watch List. Does anyone want to go first? No. Oh. What do we do now? I don't mind. I'll go first. Okay, okay, Ooh. okay. <laughs> What I've been watching. I'm going to start with TV. I finished Lost. I finished my rewatch of Lost. It's It was different. It was very different binge watching that show because in a way it wasn't as fun as when it first came on because the, the fun of Lost was always... What the fuck is going on? Yeah, and it's like pausing frames and like... Uh, talking about it. Talking about your days. friends and, yeah. and, and debating it and having all your theories and everything. And when you can binge watch, you can you just move on. You don't mm-hmm. spend the time right. uh, with that. But I think the show actually was better, even though the experience wasn't as fun. The the, the bad parts of the show, I think those, those episodes, the bad episodes, stick out worse when you're, when it's such a mystery and when you're trying to get to the bottom of all the, when you're just one answers all the time, then those bad episodes really are worse because that's just an extra week you've got to wait before you can get to something meaningful. Whereas if you're binge watching, I mean, it's a filler episode, so you just move on to something else. Uh, you play more solitaire during that episode? Yeah, right. And so... I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the rewatch. Uh, was there a lot of foreshadowing for, since you knew what was going to happen, did you see anything that you maybe thought you didn't catch the first time? It was also, when it aired, it wasn't like, it was an internet era, but it wasn't nearly what it is now, where every theory on earth, one of them had to be right. Where the Redditors, like, outpaced the showrunners for right. where the narrative was going. Yeah. The final season, The Flash Sideways, there's, I think that plays better having known the ending. Having seen what it really is, you, you catch a lot more about. Uh, there are a lot more references to characters letting go, and you start to think like that's kind of what the show is about of just like letting go of your past and mm-hmm. I don't know, not being bogged down. And uh, almost every character goes through some sort of journey where they just have to let go of things, um, and that's kind of what it's about. But I don't know. I really liked it. I would recommend it to still to anyone. It has not like aged poorly. I don't think. Are there any characters or character stories that you appreciated more on the rewatch than you did live? Hmm. You loved Desmond the first time through. Yeah, right? I, I still I story. still love the Desmond Penny love story. I don't know. Uh, maybe Jack's Jack seemed less irritating the second watch through. Mm-hmm. But uh, John Locke is still one of my favorite characters too. Uh, ben Linus. The, ben the home run hitters are still the home run hitters. Well, yeah, they're like the the deeply flawed characters who want to do great things are right. the ones who I really enjoy, like John Locke and Ben Linus and and Jack. Yeah, I always wanted to do a rewatch of that. I imagine I was wondering if the like the Sawyer stuff doesn't seem as Important. It's not as important, but I, I really like his character mm-hmm. a lot. So I, I think maybe I liked him more. I, if I had to pick one answer for for who I liked more, it might be Sawyer. And for who I liked less, it's Kate. Kate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kate had such potential at the beginning of that show, and then they just maybe it was just like they didn't know how to write a woman character, interestingly, or something. I don't know. I mean, they uh, they did not know. They didn't move a lot. Like those characters didn't move a lot. That's why Sawyer is so great. Is that he's a villain in the first season? You know, mm-hmm. ends up being a, a good dude. Also, I mean, Claire is another character that just sort of went nowhere. Yeah, um, I did like. You can make an argument she's like the vessel for Aaron, though, like, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Who's the uh, what's the um, Asian wife's name? Son. Son. I liked the the son and her husband's little side side stories and and mm-hmm. uh, backgrounds when I watched it. Their flashbacks were fun. I always yeah. thought. Is his name Jin? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I really like Jen's journey actually yeah. on the show. It's I, I I feel so bad looking at his arc as an actor, Daniel Kim. He went from Lost to Hawaii Five O. Yeah, and like everyone who was on Hawaii Five O, like um, Grace Park from Battlestar, mm-hmm. they were just it was like they were like get me all of the Asian actors from sci-fi stuff that people have cult followings for, <laughs> and it's like we're just gonna put them in this cupboard. With we're Scott just gonna lock, lock them away with Scott Con. <laughs> It's almost like Hawaii Five O is the purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so I know you went full full Brent and made a you ranked all the episodes. Yeah, I actually ranked watched. every episode of Lost. Um, one episode I always liked that didn't have much to do with the overall plot was Don't say Jewel Thief. Don't say Jewel Thief. Yeah, no. Uh, Expose. Uh, where they found all the food and Jack puts Charlie in charge. It was really good though. It didn't have a lot to do with the whole story arc, but I, I don't know. It made Jack's character. Way more likable than he was. Hurley's episodes were always entertaining, though not very meaningful. Right. Like his his flashback episodes. But that's the one where he like decides at the end to, I just want to have a feast tonight. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, all right, you're in charge. Because he, do, he doesn't want to have to go through the daily stress of having to like tell people yes or no mm-hmm. for food requests. But, uh, Is number one uh, the constant? Yes. Yeah. Would that be your number one? Yeah. Or? I don't just, remember. I don't, I don't know enough to put it. Not going too top. deep into it. That's the big. Uh, uh, is it Jeremy Davies is in that one with Desmond time stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's the Desmond time stuff. Mm. Uh, but anyway, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll write. Maybe I'll do a list for the website or something. Since I already made the list, uh, just write about your top five and list the others. Fun. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a stupid thing on Reddit recently. There's roses are red, violets are blue. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> As for movies, uh, I watched The Edge of Seventeen. The movie came out last year with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, oh, I want to see it. Al, friend of the podcast, loved it. What did you think? So I thought it's when it starts off, it's a little. I don't know. It, I felt like it was trying a little too hard, but then I don't know something about the movie. I just came to love that movie. Nice. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. She is great in that movie, and I uh, see her in more things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Besides Pitch Perfect's now, she's in the second one. She's in Pitch Perfect too. Yeah, Pitch Perfect Three, Fury Road or yep. Thunderdome, whatever. Woody Harrelson's in it. He's great. There's just a lot of good performances. It's a it's a fairly. I mean, I don't want to call it generic, but it is kind of a generic, just like coming of age, teenage movie, but with talent, with, with talent and well written. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I would recommend it. I watched uh, a 1992 movie that I'd never seen before. Always heard a lot about it. School Ties. Oh yeah, Brian Fraser, Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, um, so Jewish movie. Yeah, it's a it it's about anti-Semitism. But um, Brendan Fraser plays a I don't know if you know the plot, but Brendan Fraser plays a high school quarterback in Pennsylvania who's recruited to come to a Catholic school in Massachusetts to like help their football team as the quarterback. He happens to be Jewish, and basically the the decision makers at the school don't care because they want to win. But mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of anti-Semitism because it's set in the 50s. In, outside of Boston. Outside Boston. Right. Um, I think I'd describe the football scenes like this. Like, if you if an alien landed on Earth and you only had about 45 seconds to describe what a quarterback was to this alien, without even explaining football, I'm pretty sure the alien could be a more passable quarterback than Brendan Fraser was in this movie, <laughs> which is a shame. Because he's built like a quarterback, he looks like he should be right. one. But man, some of his uh, some of his motions uh, back in the pocket were. I picture him like throwing it, like both hands on the ball over his head. <laughs> well, it was like it was, it was, it was like all it was as if all he had ever seen was just like one of those really old football cards of like some guy posing where it's, <laughs> it's just like the hand is over is like at an unnatural angle. And he's doing that in the middle of every play. He only looked at really, stills during his research. It's really weird. But the, the movie's not great, but good. Just, right. it's entertaining. It's one of those movies that just is just watchable in every way. Just, it keeps you engaged. I feel like if there's a decent sports movie and you haven't seen it, it's good that you make it a point to watch it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a sports movie. Well, it's sports adjacent. Sports yeah. peripheral. Yeah. Like, remember the Titans is a sports movie, but it's more about race. Yeah, I feel like most movies are not are more about the other thing than they are about right. sports. It would be kind of boring. Like, uh, put the, the Oliver Stone one. I always forget. Any given Sunday. Sunday. It's more yeah. about like celebrity, right. 
Mm-hmm. Moneyball is more about baseball, I guess. That's one. Yeah, because <laughs> I'd even say Moneyball is not really about baseball that much. Well, yeah, it's about baseball. It's about beating baseball. It's about the, it's about the like with money side of baseball, right? Yeah, like Rudy is about football. Mm-hmm. Rudy is. Yeah, Rudy's about. I would say Rudy's yeah, about I Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, I think Rudy's I think like can, overcoming adversity. You could replace right. the football. It's an underdog story. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's right, like right, right. sport. Yeah, my thought is like you could replace the football with any pursuit. Like he wants to be an actor, and he gets like finally he's an understudy and gets to be in a play at the end, and it's essentially the same movie. You get out there, kid. Yeah, and he gets carried yeah, so off stage. <laughs> like literally, like you can probably still win the football game. <laughs> Rudy comes out. To, and give some soliloquy is like Shakespeare, just like, hello. <laughs> the director's not going to put him in, and all the other actors go turn in their costumes on the on the director's desk. Just think it's like, go lay there like Shakespearean era Victorian clothes. They're like big fluffy collars. <laughs> <laughs> There's five minutes left in the play. Let's change the main character. <laughs> We're breaking the fourth wall. Let's for Rudy, coach. We're adding a speech. <laughs> I also know that I love when audiences start chanting the names of the actors right in the middle of the, near the end of the play. Sean Aston, Sean Aston. <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> we have fun. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, School Ties kind of got me on a, a Ben Affleck kick. Damn it, you say Brandon Fraser. It's like, I watched Monkey Bone, I watched George of the Jungle, I watched Dudley Do-Right. No, but there is a weird aspect of School Ties where Brendan Fraser is making, like, their, their teacher tells him, he's like, this is this is a jungle in here, to, in their dorm. And uh, he's like, he's like I, I will not run a jungle or something. And and uh, Brendan Fraser like, starts hanging from a rafter and, uh, like, hooting and hollering like uh, George of the Jungle. So, like, direct, the director of George of the Jungle saw it and was like, I know, that's... <laughs> I need that guy. It's like, that's our George. Um, I thought you were going to say, like, he just, like, grabs a set of Tiffany's and starts playing. <laughs> that would have been crazy. <laughs> So I watched. Uh, this is this is only notable because of how awful it was. I watched Ben Affleck's directorial debut, a short film from 1993. Oh, isn't it like the uh, I I killed my. It's like I killed my fiance, and all I got was like a three picture deal. That's Some pretty close. Pretty close. So it's called I killed my lesbian wife, uh-huh. hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a three picture deal at Disney. Yeah. It is incoherent and fucking awful. Is it like it a is, film school movie? No one in school could have possibly made this. This is just, <laughs> this is like someone who has had no training whatsoever. Okay. This is, it was terrible. It's 16 minutes. It's on YouTube if you ever want to check that out. I but, don't. But how did the gender politics hold up? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it got one of my rare half star ratings on. Uh, half on letter- star is that the lowest? It's the lowest you can get. Okay. Yeah, you can't get zero. Um, this is the entire it's review like- awarding like mediocrity. I want to be able to give the movie zero stars. Right. I-, I saw it in interviews where Ben Affleck says it's like it's the he's so ashamed that that movie ever made it to the light of day. Like he is just he wishes people would not ask him about it because he prefers people to to have not heard of it. But it's listed on his uh, filmography. And what's the title again? I killed my lesbian wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a three-picture deal at Disney. Okay. I just wanted you to repeat it after saying that Ben Affleck doesn't want people to know about it. <laughs> fuck that. If you make something and put it out in the world, you have to live with it. And yeah. plus, it, if it got him, it opened doors for him, obviously. So if you really don't want people to hear about it, just like turn in your million dollars yeah. and your director's chair. <laughs> it may have actually just delayed doors for him. <laughs> That's what I think. It's supposed to be satire. It's just awful. It's so, so bad. Anyway, I watched another Ben Affleck movie uh, from 2002 that I'd never heard of called The Third Wheel. This is a direct-to-video movie starring... Wait till you hear this cast list. It's got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Denise Richards, Luke Wilson, Melissa McCarthy, David Koechner. Who else does say it was in the movie? I forget. It was a... It looks like absolute garbage, mm-hmm. and it is garbage when you turn it on. Like, in the first, like, 20 minutes of the what? movie. When you turn it off, it's great. I mean, Sorry. it's never, like, good. There's no part of the movie that's good, but some parts of it are actually kind of reasonably uh, entertaining. It's a horrible plot. The plot is Luke Wilson is just, like, the sad sack office guy who has a crush on Denise Richards and he finally asks her out and they go on a date. He hits a homeless guy with his car and the homeless guy then, he becomes the third wheel on the date. 
and just uh, starts hanging out with him. And that's Ben Affleck? No, Ben Affleck is like the fourth character in the movie. He's a, <laughs> he's another office co-worker. Who's, is it the, the homeless guy's played by... So it's this guy... It's the guy who wrote the thing, right? Yeah, he wrote... He wrote uh, the short film. The short film. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like, I think he, he wrote this movie too, and uh, his name is Jay Lacopo. And uh, I think he's just a buddy of theirs, and they agreed to do this movie in 2002 just because their old bud from Boston wrote this movie and uh Ben Affleck is like it's 1992 School Ties is about to come out 10 years from now we make this movie <laughs> why is he JFK? <laughs> that wasn't JFK that was low class Boston 10 years Boston. from now by the end of this decade I will make a movie called The Third Wheel <laughs> <laughs> mark my words <laughs> But the weirdest thing about the movie is that Denise Richards is good in it. Hmm. It was it was weird. There's an alternate universe somewhere where she just had a like a nice career, maybe being in like kind of fluffy, dumb romantic comedies, but being like very likable in it. Yeah, it was really it was I really strange. Like Catherine Heigl, but like, nope. <laughs> Luke Wilson is awful in this movie. Just he's terrible. Not, he's awful in a lot of movies. He's not yeah. really a good actor. No. He's good in Bottle Rocket, Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums, and kind of ant on Royal Tenenbaums. Well, and, so and Idiocracy is just perfect for him. We had this uh, like half conversation last night, Brent and I did. It's hard for me to tell if anybody in any Wes Anderson movie is acting well. Because they're just being like monotone, boring, reciting the lines that Wes Anderson wrote for them. And I feel like almost anybody could do that and it would be funny. Yeah. It's like, look at the camera... Deliver your line very plainly, but like don't look direct two degrees to the left. Right. And then deliver your line really plainly, and then you're good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like this feels really weird, Wes. It's like don't worry with the quirky music and yeah. like the Fabergé stained glass window behind you, <laughs> perfectly framed. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Just why did you do that oh, to yourself? What a weird cross section. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. Was, uh, was the Oracle offline during the storm? Yeah, the Oracle. <laughs> Rebooted for a couple yeah, days. Yeah, Hurricane Irma destroyed the Oracle, and uh, I've had to... <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. Brent has no guidance. Yeah. <laughs> he watches horrible short films and <laughs> shitty rom-coms. No, it, was, it, was, it really just came from, uh, I'd always wanted to see School Ties, and then I was just like looking at Ben Affleck's filmography and just like, what's this movie? Oh, that's available. Let's watch it. Yeah, it was not as... like I, I thought it was just going to be the worst movie, but it was just sort of... Mediocre, it's just like bottom hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it. Is Ben Affleck a good actor? So that's actually part of the, another thing that I'm, I'm like. I think I'm going to keep watching Ben Affleck movies and just kind of see if if he's ever really even that good. Because I feel like he's been good when he's been when he's given stuff to do. Like when he gives when he has the opportunity, like he can't subtly act. He's good in Gone Girl. He's good in Gone Girl, and then he's good it's, like it's fairly subtle. He's role. good at certain moments and. Good Will Hunting in certain moments and like Dogma. Like mm-hmm. movies where he plays like an outlandish kind of character, you know? Yeah, right. I like him when he's like really true to probably his background. Like he's obviously really good in Good Will Hunting. Yeah. Great comic good relief in town. that. Right. But I think he's also really good when he's just a weird character. Like I love him in Extract, the Mike Judge movie. He's just like a weird little never stoner guy. I've never seen it. Hmm. Oh, he's, he's really funny in it. Nice. It's an underrated movie. Maybe I'll see it soon. Well, alphabetically, it's near the top of the list. Extract? Yeah. <laughs> well, was like, e. uh, Oracle shining through you. Extract, <laughs> extract, extract movie for Brent later. Really, the Oracle's in all of us. <laughs> <Ooh. Gross. clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go next. Uh, preempt TJ's uh, movie marathon. So you go last. <clears throat> you, you go last, and you get nothing, and you like it. I pretty much only watched one thing. It's been a busy week, and not the kind of busy where I get to put something on distracting in the background. You know, aside from my regular like YouTube bullshit, uh, I watched uh, season four of BoJack Horseman. And have you watched it, David? I've gotten caught up to watching the first two episodes of season four. Okay, I watched. I did that all like a period. Cool. Brent, do you have any BoJack experience? I do not. It's uh, it's really good. It's one of those shows where every season, I think, is better than the previous. Oh, well, wow. This season is focused a lot on uh, 
Bojack's mother, mm-hmm. who is old and is infirmed and has little dementia, little Alzheimer's. So it's there's one episode from her perspective that's really good. That's kind of her backstory, where because it's told in kind of flashback, but it's also she has Alzheimer's, so she's misremembering around her. Mm-hmm. Like characters who she doesn't interact with don't have faces, but mm-hmm. characters who have who like speak or who like you know look at what her and like what she's wearing, they just have those features. So like. You know, there's someone at a uh, at a you know a debut, and they're announcing her coming in, and it's just his mouth, and it's 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 cool details like that, and like background signs, like not major locations, like the letters are shifted slightly, like in that terrible thing. I know it's one at Community Q where they jumble up the letters, and it's this thing oh, yeah, about yeah, how yeah. like you can still read this because your brain does blah blah blah. Right. It's like that, and you have to be paying the really close attention to it. It's just I think it's a very good episode on uh, an artistic interpretation of like living with Alzheimer's. Huh. Um, I was impressed by the, the first few episodes. I will say, like the first season, like the first half of it is pretty good. Yeah, and it's like some fun satire. Second half of it, it does get dark, but it's yeah. really well done. Yes. Like, I think the second season, it's I think all the seasons punishing. are kind of... The second, second season's pretty punishing. It's really good, but it's really dark. Right. It's it's not as like, you know, you're going to cry or you can't watch a bunch of episodes in a row. Because I did, and I didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cry. Yeah. <laughs> I did. But, yeah, it just really, it's a really more effective show than it needs to be. Right. Anthropomorphic has, animals. Yeah, it has... In Hollywood. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. It's just like someone steals the D off the Hollywood sign in the Hollywood Hills, and from then on, they're just like, "Oh, they must have renamed it," so they call it Hollywood from then on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's not dark for no reason. Yeah, uh, and that's why I like it. There's always some kind of payoff, some kind of arc, and I think season two is my least favorite because it. I think by that point they knew that they were established, that they were a commodity, and they were coming back. They have like kind of a you know a downward slope for for their season progressions, and I think season two once they knew that they were set, they just went down for all of season two because they knew that season three they could you know, redeem mm-hmm. characters, redeem stories. Right. But this one's really good. It's it's like a fairly uphill climb. It's not really as uh, dismal as previous ones. They're they're low points still, but um, I did love every season so far. The penultimate episode. It's kind of like uh, Inverse Game of Thrones is like the most depressing and yeah. dark one. Nice. Yeah. And uh, the penultimate one, penultimate one of season three. Is it the Herb Kazaz? No, it's uh, that's. I think that's two. Okay. It's the uh, blackout episode. Yeah. The the blackouts that happen mm-hmm. on a bender, and it's really good. Yeah, that's the uh, the the child actress, um, the Miley Cyrus type, voiced by Kristen Schaal, which is yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, she's great. That she's like the out of control party girl, Chris, weird old Kristen Shaw. She's weird. Um, there's, I'm trying to think of, because they do one like heavy drug or heavy drinking episode. Mm-hmm. There really isn't one like that, except for like the Alzheimer's episode this season. It's fantastic, and like they do different stuff like per episode. You can tell that they have like this time we're gonna do, we're going to make all of BoJack's inner monologue. Like you, you can hear it all now. Like, instead of just, you know, there being, like, long pauses, it's, like, it fills the silence with his inner monologue, and it cuts away to cartoons, look like children's drawings, of, like, him arguing with himself. And it's all, like, you're stupid, you're worthless, don't do that. Like, you know you're just gonna fuck it up, like, don't do that, and then it shows him doing it, and it's, I don't know, it's a really good season. I recommend it. Season three has the experimental episode where it's the underwater film festival. Yeah, where there is no dialogue at all. Yeah, and it works, because then at the end of that episode, when there is dialogue, it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much what I watched, and I thought it was good. Bojack, I'm a big fan. Nice. <laughs> I'll go next, though. Uh, again, had some power issues earlier in the week, uh, so I didn't watch a ton of stuff. Um, Allison had control of the remote. Power issues. That's the, yeah. Oh, I got that. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watched a couple TV things and one movie. I don't have too much to say. Most of what I watched this week was catching up on Bojack. But the season premiere of South Park and Broad City came back. Oh, yeah. It's always a nice Comedy Central double that happens. South Park was pretty... I don't know, they, they take on, like, white supremacist t- uh, tiki torch waving stuff and just really are pretty unfocused. It, feel, it feels it feels weeks late. It feels like if they could have rushed their premiere to right after Charlottesville, then it would have been an amazing episode. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they do that, though. Like, the first episode is the one that they have in the in the holster, and then... You get as you you know it's like seven days to air right. where they come up with something that's more topical, mm-hmm. but it was, it was okay. I just I still 
really like watching South Park. I still nice. think it's it can still really make me laugh. Mm-hmm. And Broad City is just a it's a delight. I love those two characters. Yeah, Alana and Abby. Just seeing them back together, and they do a fun uh, sliding doors type thing where it's like, uh, what if something was different all throughout the episode? It's kind of like a, a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Watch Broad City. Cool. It's a fun show. We watched it. We fell off somewhere in the middle of the third season just by chance. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Broad City, I've, but I've caught so many like bits and pieces because my, my wife loves that show. Mm-hmm. You watch anything else, David? The only movie I watched this week was uh, I pulled out a DVD because we didn't have cable, but we had some power. I watched uh, Pleasantville. Nice. Yeah, I showed it for... I'd seen it before. What? I sit... So we, we record this in David's uh, media room. I sit here and I look at all the titles on the wall, and there's like there's so much that I haven't seen, so much that's interesting for like a second watch. And then Pleasantville will occasionally catch my eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, that is an odd fucking movie to have up there like in between. In Bruges and spirited away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to I wanted to pull something that I think Allison hadn't seen and would be into. Mm. So she she loves uh, loves I love Lucy Andy Griffith show like all the shows around where Pleasantville's mm-hmm. show takes place and loves fifties clothing clothing and stuff. But I, I really like Pleasantville. Like I saw it, we saw it in the theater yeah. when it came out and thought it was pretty pretty magical. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, some of it is still kind of dumb. Like the intro stuff with Don Knotts where they get blasted into the TV through a magic remote. Yeah. It's <laughs> is a pretty silly setup. But I think they do some fun stuff. Um, watching it as, you know, an over 30-year-old, some of the parable things for, like, there's some stuff that comes in color and then there's a schism in the town. It's a little, little on the nose, but mm-hmm. still the imagery and cinematography with the black and white and then the color is still really striking. Nice. And it's Tobey Maguire not annoying. Yeah. I always liked um, it's Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah. yeah. I always liked, thought, thought her character was an interesting character. Yeah, she had a good arc. Yeah. I feel like I liked her more when she was younger. Like, it, she was in, she chose better movies, maybe. I liked her a lot when she was... She's in a really good movie as a... She was like a teenager, too. Like a young teen. Like, Man in the Moon. But I, I liked her as a young actress. And, I mean, I don't dislike her now. It's just she seems to be in more crap now. That She's I, in that one movie that I can't bring myself to watch with... Uh, Tom Hardy? Isn't she in a Tom Hardy movie? No, I watched that one. Is that This Means War? <laughs> yeah. Tom Hardy Chris and... Chris Pine. Uh, Chris Pine, yeah. But she's in a movie with Sofia Vergara. That, like, Hot Pursuit, I think is what it's oh, called. Yeah, it looks yeah. really bad. Yeah. That movie does look awful. <laughs> He's also in the Owen, Wil- Owen Wilson plays a Washington Nationals relief pitcher. Yeah, the the some movie James L. Brooks. <laughs> like, why that made me? We're being Chris and I were watching uh, like old Stefan clips on <laughs> YouTube, and one of them made me laugh real hard. It's, you know, New York's hottest club is whatever, and it was like brought to you by writer director James L. Brooks. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so I like Pleasantville. <laughs> she was in Man in the Moon. It was her first movie. Okay. Yeah. And only the thing I, I did was uh, I've been playing after Final Fantasy fifteen was beat, mm-hmm. playing Life is Strange. I'm now in the third episode for nice. it. And it's just really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just really in the, the flow of those storytelling games and story choice games. Cool. It's good. Love uh, Max and Chloe. Mm-hmm. Both very good characters. You wish you would have gone on a double date with them. It was, it was a good pick. Allison keeps making fun of me that I'm playing a high school soap opera. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which is true. Yeah. Fair 100%, point. 100% true. Did she not? I mean, she made fun of you when you were playing Final Fantasy 15 because you're playing like boys trip game. Yeah, I get kept in check. <laughs> but th- that's all I'm saying. make sure you're not having too much objective fun. Yeah. Oh, I am reading something that I think. Nope. Be interesting. Boo. <laughs> Eyes and ears. I keep trying to do like some adjacent. Books. Okay, you can tell us, but we have to mute it. <laughs> the book just came out called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Okay. It's a, a reporter talks to, uh, it's ten games in their development history. He talks to them? He talks to the games. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> he talks to producers and directors. Some of it's like Pillars of Eternity, Diablo 3, some less successful stuff like Halo Wars. Oh, he does, he does one about the guy who did Stardew Valley. Cool, cool. And he's like a single creator and stuff. Yep. Labor of Love. And one of the other but, games that he talks about. The, all those I mentioned, he talks Dragon Age Inquisition. You don't have to list them all. Some other stuff. I'll look it up later. But it's really, really interesting. Nice. Fun. I think it came out like a week or two ago. Who's the uh, reporter? I forgot. Is it a games reporter or is it... Yes. Uh, okay. 
this game's reporter. And it's pretty extensively researched, too. Cool. That's fine. It's media-related book. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't just going to say, like, I've been reading... Uh, Nazi boys. Yeah. <laughs> I watch things. I watched a movie for every day, <laughs> so I did the opposite of y'all. But I never lost power, so that helps. Um, I watched two that are great, and one that we've all seen, and you watched, that you left off your watch list. Okay. I watched The Big Sick. Oh, yeah. I did oh. watch that. Yeah. So we have an all-see now? We have all-see. We have an all-see. All I thought it was amazing. It was great. Yeah. I think I described it as undeniably pleasant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two leads are just... It's hard not to like this character. I mean, those people and anything. Yeah. When they make characters that are great, it's even harder not to. I, I kind of struggle to find Zoe Kazan as a lead. Yeah, and it's, To me, it's more like the whole Holly Hunter, Ray Romano yeah. than it is Zoe Kazan. Yeah. And they were... Yeah, they're incredible. Holly Hunter was amazing. And yeah. Ray Romano was great. Yeah, that, that relationship between Kumail and the two parents or, or what mm-hmm. really takes that movie to the next level for me. Yeah. It's so good. And the... The, the bittersweet, the the conversation he has with her on the bed afterwards, and she's like, I was asleep for all of it. Yeah, yeah. right, because I forgot. Yeah. Like, I didn't register that until she said it, really. Mm-hmm. It plays against that, just the, the easy trope yeah. ending of, of, like, you stayed. Yeah, or like yeah. the while you were sleeping, the right. Sandra Bullock thing. You know, it's you you got to start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is the way it's what happened with that. Like, nothing really... Nothing got like tied up in a nice mm-hmm. little bow on top. Yeah. Like his mom still kind of hates him at the end, right? You assume. I mean, we now know that. Yeah, Kamel and uh, Emily, Emily end up together. But I like that they changed her last name from Gordon to Gardner in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Is that to fictionalize the parents more? I don't yeah. know. It, it could be because supposedly that was the only thing that was like true. That and his comedy friends were the only things that were like truly fictionalized. Yeah. Like maybe Emily Gordon's parents were going through something similar where they had been where they had caught, caught the other cheating. They didn't want to. Yeah, but I don't think that. they wanted to like sign the names to it. Sure, yeah. makes sense. But Holly Hunter didn't. Holly, they didn't contact uh, Emily Gordon's parents at all. Huh. Whereas Zoe Kuzan apparently spent a lot of time with Emily Gordon. I also really liked uh, Kumail's parents. Kumail's family mm-hmm. stuff and that. Yeah, it's not as showy as the Holly Hunter Ray Romano stuff because. You don't have the star power. Mm-hmm. I like the the low key drama with that stuff. And I really like the brother. It's the like brother is yeah, decked, up, decked yeah. out in cub stuff. <laughs> he goes in the back. It's like cage. has has the this is a spoiler, but has like the sign. It's like in Kumail's way more handsome than Navid or whatever. He's <laughs> like that's bullshit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a. It's got a, a solid shot at a, a screenplay nom and, and Holly Hunter. Those would be if, if if it got two nominations, it would be those two. I think. Sure. And who knows? Maybe you can sneak in the back end and lose best picture. It's possible. That would be a. I feel like I, like I, I do feel like Get Out's going to get in to that top seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they can both get in. <laughs> you know, if they're going to be like, we're going to put a comedy in, we're going to put an animated right. movie in, and we're going to put I don't know, like they've already got Get Out in. Like, all right, we're already going crazy here. Let's yeah. leave the rest of this for a period. Let's just, <laughs> yeah. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. We want to make sure that people still have plenty of valid criticisms of Best Picture. Right. And part of it is like if you're going to be that comedy, you got to be successful. And Get Out was really successful. Yeah, Big like, Sick successful. Big not Big Sick was not that successful though. I mean, it's still on. It's like. It's just on its ramp down. It just became available for like other forums. Sure, I think it's. it's it doesn't to get out. I guess is yeah. yeah. Like get out. It had to be undeniable, and get out is undeniable from the phenomenon. It was right. big six, not a phenomenon. I don't think it's made fifty million dollars. It was such a crazy groundswell, though. People were talking early about like, well, screeners out for big sick for festivals, and like it's really good. And then I did mm-hmm. this short festival circuit, and they're like, yep, it's really good. And then released like short theaters, like. There's no one, I haven't seen lots of criticism where it's like, eh, it's not that good. Like, the two movies that are still at, like, the top of the pack for all, like, film ratings for this year are Get Out and Big Sick. Uh, I watched another movie I gave five stars to. I'm in the, kind of the same vein, inspired by Chris's uh, Game of Thrones little project he's working on slowly. I'm going to try to watch all the, not all, but most of the Down Day Lewis movies before Fan Thread comes out, mm-hmm. since he's retiring, supposedly. So I found the first one I could. For free. And I'll rewatch Gangs of New York. I don't think I've seen it in like 10 years. Hmm. Holy shit, that movie holds up. Hmm. I think the worst part of it is damn Leo. Yeah. He's not fantastic in it. But I was worried a little bit that that was going to be one of those college movies that you just like at the time because it's so cool. Right. But no, it's fucking good. And Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing. 
as, as hmm. William Cunning as Bill the Butcher. I've only seen it once, and I remember not really loving it yeah. at the time. But the, yeah, the Leonardo DiCaprio and Cameron Diaz stuff was the weakest part for me. Yeah, she's better when she's on screen with Daniel Day-Lewis. Who the hell mm-hmm. would it be, I guess? Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gleeson? Yeah. Uh, is really good at it, too. That's the dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't He's John, fantastic. John C. Riley in it? John C. Riley's in it. He plays a... Cop. Yeah. I also uh, ordered that book on Audible. I'm going to listen to it. The, the Gang of New York. Mm. It's a nonfiction history of the Five Points Gangs mm-hmm. around the Civil War. Um, yeah, John C. Riley plays a constable present day. He was part of the Dead Rabbits under Liam Beeson, Prince Valley. And these are all real people, too, which is cool. Yeah. A lot of that was weird that I realized that people were like, in the first fight where Prince Valiant, Liam Beeson's character, you know, goes out and gets ready to fight. Beautifully shot, by the way. I mean, it's Scorsese, so not shocking there, but really pretty. There's this lady, like, fighting with the dead rabbits, Liam Beeson's gang, who's got, like, fangs and, like, claws. And I was like, wait, 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 what is that? And I looked at that and I was like, oh, she's real. She's this crazy, like, chick who joined gangs in five points. And... Filed down her teeth, <laughs> big people and shit. It makes me think of like the uh, the Anchorman fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just square. One person's just got like a bedpost with like a bus saw. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was really interesting. I'm excited to read the book too. But uh, Liam Neeson was fantastic, and Daniel Lewis plays a, the character is really interesting because it's it's a villain for sure. But he's they're all bad people. They're all like mm-hmm. gang leaders, you know. So you don't really pull for one over the other. But he's like a whitey bulger type who does really well for his. Community and his gang. Yeah, and he's a he's a nativist, so you know he doesn't want like Irish or Poles coming to New York. So that, that's really? the reason you yeah. you don't like him, I guess. Yeah, but it's hard to be sympathetic with someone who's like I hate all the people who aren't like me. Right, but they're all kind of like that. Super relevant, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like the is kind of like that too. Like, he doesn't like black people in the movie, like character. Yeah, so you know they're <clears throat> they're all, they're all racist. Essentially. Okay, now my watch list gets fun. I watched The Mummy, and it was not the worst movie I saw this week. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> what about this year? Well, no. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's <laughs> not the worst of the movies you watched this week, it was the worst. But I mean, of releases in 2017. It's Todd. Okay. You got two stars. Todd with The Great Wall, Todd with Power Rangers. Okay. <laughs> A death struggle for the worst. So, yeah. what, did you find the plot of that movie as incoherent as I did? What plot? Right. There's no plot. Because, <laughs> I mean... There is zero plot. If you ask me to, like, the best I can recall the plot of that movie, there's I would a, just say... There's a mummy. There's an airplane? There's an airplane. Russell Crowe is Dr. Jekyll. Spoiler alert. There's, there's, <laughs> the, there's like, an Egyptian city that, like, collapses into a hole. That's where they find a lady. I'm still not it's sure in like the mummy It's in, like, Iraq or Afghanistan? Uh, maybe. Yeah, because there's troops. U.S. Yeah, troops. there are troops. <laughs> so not Egypt. So it's, you know, one of those Afghani mummies. The best fight in the mummy is when the main character fights Dr. Jekyll, though, Mr. Hyde. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Also, so confused. not entirely sure who the mummy was, or if there was an even there was even a mummy in the movie. Oh, so it's a real thinker then. <laughs> I mean in this way, yes. <laughs> it is a it is a real thinker. It was directed by Aronofsky, is that right? Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> who plays his buddy? Jake Johnson. Yeah. From, oh, uh, I love him. I know. In it's, it's, I just was so sad that he was in this movie. I don't know who that is. New Girl. New he's, Girl. He's Even like, there'll be, there'll be dialogue where a person that's long been dead in the movie will come to Tom Cruise and be like, hey. He was like, what? You're not real. And he'll be like, of course I'm real. I'm in your head. And it's like, well, which one is it? <laughs> Maybe he's fucking dumb. I'm you really in real head. <laughs> yeah. This is just horrible. So yeah, it was really bad. Um, it was close, but not the worst movie I saw this week. Another tie for 2017 worst movie was also watched this week. Though. I watched Rough Night. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It was really bad. Maybe it would have been better if your power had gone off. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to watch as many. I want to get to like 100 2017 movies. That's my goal. That's unattainable. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like you said an insurmountable number. By saying 100 2017 movies really fast. Like, That's so many movies. <laughs> not, even, not even a number. 100 2017 movies. So 2170 <laughs> shitty movies. I forgot how the numbers work. It's, it's how the British say it. It's fine. I really wanted Rough Night to be good. I mean, is it the Scarlett Johansson movie? Yeah, she's okay. not. She's not good in it. Zoe Kravitz is definitely not good in it. Zoe Kravitz is bad in everything. Demi Moore is not good in it. I know she was in it. <laughs> I watched it, and also Ty Burrell not good in it. He's in it. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz, the girl from Broad City. Abby Jacobson. Nope, the other one. 
a lot of Masterson. Yeah, what David said. Oh, not a lot of Masterson. That's Walking Dead girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the writing and directing team from Broad City. I guess that's why I wanted it to be it. And it's a female director directing an R-rated comedy. Yeah. And there's like no history of that happening. And it was just really bad and really unsuccessful. Yeah. I just think it's closing a door with it being bad. Yeah. Well, it should have been good then. Could have been. Hmm? Entirely different cast, <laughs> different idea. Yeah, different plot, different script, different cast. Kate McKinnon was great. I laughed five or six times every time it was when she was on screen. Is that the one where they accidentally killed the prostitute, the male stripper? Am I remembering that? Yeah, yeah. The movie at least has a plot. I can tell you, it's got <laughs> so, that over the mummy. Doesn't remind me in that respect. <laughs> yeah. but man, there's a guy from uh, Oz Mayhem. Dennis Duffy. We bring him up on every. It's <laughs> not Dennis Duffy. <laughs> we put him on talk of fame, <laughs> so we stop talking about him. Hey, dummy. Um, He's also in this movie, by the way, for, for what it's worth. Yeah, I forget his name. Anyway, there's not much to say about that except don't don't fucking watch it. Really bad. Why are why are bad comedies so much worse than like bad action movies? Because I, I think with bad action movies, you can still get like the action is still at least watchable. Hmm. Whereas bad comedy is just it's the worst. The the things that you can tell that like oh they think this is hilarious. Yeah, bad action is still action, but bad comedy is not comedy hmm. because it doesn't make you laugh yeah. or make you smile or appreciate it. I guess. <laughs> It's like action movies or pizza. Bad pizza is still pizza. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the equivalent... It's like bad comedy, so like a bad souffle. Like, or, or <laughs> <artichoke> <laughs> it's like bad fruit, I guess. Right. I don't know why I picked this next movie to watch. I have no idea because it was a rewatch. But I watched uh, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> shark Attack movie. Also not the worst movie I saw this week. Not even the worst Shark Attack movie I saw this week. <laughs> but really bad. Um, although it does the second time where LL Cool J shockingly survives a horror movie. Yeah, I yeah I, I remember watching that and just being like, because he's like the chef, and like he's trapped in the kitchen with the shark, and then it like cuts away to something else, and it's like, okay, well he's dead, and then he comes back, and it's like, how the fuck did he survive? The water is all the way up in that kitchen, and he's just like on top of a cabinet. He warged into his parakeet. <laughs> um, Isn't that the movie where he did the, the theme song, like, Deepest Bluest, My Head is Like a Shark's Fin? Yeah. That's the only thing I really remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, the worst part about that movie, there are plenty of things that could be, but those sharks in the beginning are 20 feet long, much larger than a doorway, and then once they get into the, like the sub-habitat... They're all like six feet long. You can easily fit indoors. They're like reverse goldfish. They shrink yes. down with whatever they want to be. In. I don't know why this wasn't like I couldn't find anything on it. I was like, wait a minute, that shark is just the size of a local J. They obviously Trojan horse some sharks into a big shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they are smart sharks, right? One of them could have been an Odysseus. Yeah, they can swim backwards, which like isn't like we mess with their brains, so now they can swim backwards. It's like that's not why they can't swim backwards. <laughs> it has nothing to do with their brains. It's their physiology, right? <laughs> to like fucking physically alter the sharks to have them swim backwards. So yeah. Tell so me, building suspense. What was the? Tell worst me you thing watched that Blake Lively shark? Yeah, I watched the shallows. Yes! And it was awful. Oh, really? Yeah. Does really good reviews. Does yeah. The, does well, the, it's like it's around around fifty on Rotten Tomatoes. I think fifty to sixty. Oh, I thought it was like a pretty good reviews when it came out. It's awful. So the movie made me think that there were people that were working with the sharks to strand Blake Lively out there. Is that the plot of this movie? <laughs> no. Okay. Because the way they shot that trailer it made it look like the guy who like abandoned abandons her on the beach. He like looks knowingly out into the water, and then it shows a shark, and it's like. Wait, are they working together? <laughs> is this some elaborate way to like feed his is there shark? A Ocean's Eleven reveal at the end, where it's like, do, 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 and like shows like what actually happened, and it was actually all Oceans and Eleven sharks. Yeah, the sharks are all in the fountain in uh, Las Vegas. Man, <laughs> looking up at the casino. This shark though, in the shallows, is like the fucking military mind of Napoleon. Though <laughs> he does some amazing things. Try to eat her. Let's say invaded Russia in winter. <laughs> so there's this like dead well that's beached itself in the shallows, mm-hmm. and that's why the shark's there supposedly. Mm. Um, but at one point he like swims over to the well, and then she's stuck on this little rock that's going to go away at, at, at high tide. She's got her watch, and she times him like a fucking Bond villain in Goldeneye, like thirty two seconds. And then you go back to the whale. Like, the shark's just like doing this on a, on a timer. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> sharks don't do that. Nobody does that. No animals do that. We've got three or two seconds to make it to somewhere Everyone else. knows the most punctual animal <laughs> <laughs> the animal is the giraffe. You're right. And even when she wins, what she does, she wins by, there's like a piece of rebar sticking out of the bottom of the ocean. 
And she tricked the shark pretty much into swimming into it full speed. Because the shark wouldn't turn at the ocean floor. Like, I wanted some, like, after screenshot where it's like, by the way, the shark had rabies. <laughs> Something. I was like, okay, I get it now. I get well, it. The shark's brain was removed in an experiment. It was replaced with a watch. <laughs> it was actually LL Cool J, because his head is like a shark's head. Man. <laughs> It was it was it was really bad though. Who was but, the voice of the shark? <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've seen both Deep Blue Sea and The Shallows, are you gonna watch a shark movie that's set in like medium range depth of waters? Yeah. I, was <laughs> I was explaining uh, this to Cassandra, the the shark death, which is what really annoyed me, and uh, she was saying like. She just swam like 300 feet down. I was like, well, she was in the shallows. <laughs> it's the only part of the movie that got right. The shallows were fairly shallow. <laughs> Good job, movie. Yeah, it was, I, don't, I don't understand how anybody could watch that. I mean, I enjoyed it because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Just really bad. Yeah. Like, nothing about it that was redeeming at all. That's all I saw. All right. So that's uh, what we've been watching. You guys have any thoughts about what we should call the segment where we do week's film TV games news uh, what's hot in theaters <laughs> happening out there <laughs> <laughs> streezy on the beats streezy on the beats we got a sad death in the news I died, <laughs> I, died. I came back today's, right, so, today's my death so, so are you the mummy or is someone else the yeah. mummy but Harry Dean Stanton yeah you yeah. talking about Character actor, craggle face, Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> that was a bummer. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of movies he's in, but he's always great. Uh, the first thing I think of when I think of Harry Dean Stanton is uh, Big Love. Cassandra hmm. loved him in that. I loved that show. He is so creepy and just, yeah, it's, yeah so good in that show. He's kind of a good oddball in everything he's in. He's good in David Lynch movies as, you know, they traffic in that oddball weirdness. He plays the normal guy in David Lynch movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what else? J.J. Abrams is I was going to say going to be the director of uh, the, the final Shallows trilogy. Two. <laughs> the Shallows Two. I will. I will. I'd watch it if it was him. I will believe it when I when the movie is actually out in theaters. I just don't see the I don't see him getting removed for oh, just he, for PR reasons. I don't think they can fire another director. But why? I've Think, I feel like Star Wars. Upgrade. That was, oh, removing him is weird when he's already a producer on the movie. He would have to remove himself and all. Yeah, he would just step down or find someone else if, if he wasn't going to stick with it. Yeah, like he's a producer, but still, it's still Disney. It's still... Yeah, still, I get your point. They can do it. Dis- yeah, Star Wars can do whatever the fuck it wants. Mm-hmm. And it can... It can like have a hundred directors direct a single minute of the movie, and when the movie comes out, you know no one's going to bat an eye. They're all going to go fucking see it. Mm-hmm. Like they they can film Han Solo taking a shit for ten minutes, and people will be like, "Oh, that scene is really questionable," but I guess it had its place in the movie. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do. It's only going to be till after everyone sees it that they're going to have their fresh take instead of just trusting a review that like not good. Yeah, I guess the I believe it when I see it. I reserve that for people where I don't, where I'm, you know. I think JJ Abrams deserves a little bit more. He probably has a little bit more staying power than whoever the fuck. Sure, did sure. For him. Yes, I for feel sure. like I feel like the most popular news stories though in the past like month and a half have been directors coming and going off Star Wars projects. Well, the big news was in freaking the one that lost directors while the movie was being made. Yeah. That was why it was such a big deal. Ron Howard stepping in. And mm-hmm. then Ron Howard is out now. Not like out, but he's like done with the thing that he was working on. Is that what I heard? I don't know. That whole, that entire movie is just, I will be stunned if it is watchable at this point. Like it is just so much. Yeah. So much is going on. The one thing that it has going for it is the screenwriter. Is uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire. Was the, like, uh, he was Lucas's sort of secret weapon. Back in the day, but yeah, I'm not optimistic for that. But J.J. Abrams, I mean, he's—I like him. I like him better as a director than what I've seen of Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, I think J.J. Abrams is a pretty low risk choice. Yeah, he's Ron Howard, but a little, a little better. Yeah, Ron Howard does make some shitty movies. Like I've yeah. never seen a bad J.J. Abrams movie. Sure, right. He doesn't make like my like mind blowing movies or whatever. But uh, he doesn't have the upside of like. Not that I'd want Christopher Nolan to direct a Star Wars movie, but maybe I would. I don't know. But uh, he doesn't have that kind of upside, but he's he's 
there is almost no risk that I mean, there's always a risk, but there's there's been no precedent for him directing a movie that is bad. I can't think of one. Like his Mission Impossible movies, entertaining as hell, and Super Eight, entertaining. Everything he's done. Well, uh, I mean, maybe did he do all the new Star Trek movies? Has he done all of them? Or no, he only Jer- did the first one. Yeah, Jeremy Lin, which the was really, the, the, which was the best. Yeah. Jeremy Lin, Justin Lin, it's Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin's Jeremy the basketball, basketball player. player. Oh, but he went to Harvard, so he couldn't direct it. Justin, <laughs> Justin Lin, man. Okay. He's the Fast and the Furious director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got some, some, some video game news cool. that might interest David. Hey. Uh, they had a 45-minute Nintendo Direct recently. Lots of Square Enix traditional RPGs coming to 3DS and Switch. Hmm. It's interesting, including one that looks like uh, the uh, Romance Saga. like the. Oh yeah, romancing saga. Yeah, where saga there's games. like eight playable characters, and you choose which one to pick at any point in the story. Mm-hmm. Pick which one to play. Um, but most importantly, there was uh, more Super Mario Odyssey footage. And that movie continues to that movie. The game continues to look phenomenal. Hmm. I think that I'm going to time a Switch purchase with when that game comes out because hmm. it looks great. Cool. Yeah, Nintendo Direct is their kind of press conference thing that they do instead of going to trade shows. Mm-hmm. They just record, they're normally like 15 minutes, um, and it's somebody in the company who just says like, we have the, these exciting things coming to Nintendo platforms, and here are some release dates, here are some teasers, but this one was really long, which is surprising. Hmm. But Well, it makes sense. Yeah. It used to be... Bolstering the Switch. Yeah. Like last... Did it come out last year? End of yeah. last year or something? Came uh, out this past beginning. March. Yeah. Okay. So it said Breath of the Wild is like the unmissable game. Right. And I know some people like, or people really like Splatoon and some other stuff in between, but the next unmissable game seems like Mario Odyssey. Yeah. The um, and, and they did a lot of, of bolstering also the idea that the 3DS is not going away. They're not done developing for it. Like, there's still Monster Hunter games coming out for it. There's, like, new Pokemon Sun Moon versions coming out on it um, that they're still going to develop for the 3DS. And uh, lots of titles getting moved over. I think it's a little surprising, but so Skyrim is coming to the Switch, which is something that they had been teasing since they announced the Switch. Hmm. Um, But also from Bethesda, Wolfenstein, the New Order is coming, which, you know, is a game about killing Nazis in a Nazi-occupied America. Nintendo's brand has been, I think there's been some exceptions, but not really heavy on the gore and violence. Yeah, they're they're pretty much, they're like a 17 and under console. Um, And also the new Doom is being released on the Switch. Hmm. So Rip and Tear is going to be next to Nintendogs. (laughs) (laughs) Be fun on the Switch though, Doom. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's interesting to me. I kind of... I don't, it's going to work. Yeah, I don't see where all the buttons are that you need. Which I'm sure it'll be yeah. fine, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, but I thought it was cool, because, you know, Bethesda makes good stuff. And nice. Doom was fun, and if you can carry around Doom, I don't know why you would. It's a really intense, like, fast-moving game, so I like having the... It seems like a bad commute game, but it's coming out. Very cool. Yeah. I got a bit of news that I heard about, I think this morning or yesterday... You guys know the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo sequel no, that's no. coming up? Oh. Girl in the Spider's Web. It's not based on a previous novel, mm-hmm. but they were trying to find their Elizabeth Salander. Uh, it's not Rooney Mara. They just announced who it's going to be. Y'all know The Crown? Yeah. Claire Foy from The Crown is going to be Elizabeth, which is so weird to me. The person who's playing uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth, very prim and proper, is going to be Elizabeth. Oh, wait, it does make sense. Watch <laughs> first episode. She's good. She's good in it, but just, yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah. Like, the movie, she's she's in some movies coming out soon. One of them's, like, Breathe, where Andrew Garfield is, like, a uh, someone with polio that does, like, a theory of everything yeah, treatment, right. but it's, like, also set in the 50s and in England. I just, she's I really so can't proper see it. That she's, now she's got to be, like, this edgy, like, hacker type who's willing to do whatever it takes to solve mysteries and shit. And, yeah. I don't know that if I take that role out of Rudy Mara's filmography, though, that I see it with her either necessarily. What? Not, not. What is, a, oh, it's hard to picture Rudy Mara in that role if she has not already been in it. Right, right. Given the rest of her. Of oh course. no, she'd been kind of oddball before that, anyway. Yeah, but I don't know. It's different. I mean, it's it's not the extreme that you're talking about, but like 
if I see her, picture her in line and, you know, Carol, it's like, I don't see her being the tattooed up mohawked, whatever. Not, like I said, not as weird as the crown, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the Heath Ledger rule. I'll, I'll probably, if there's more stuff that goes into it that makes the movie look interesting, I'll probably see it and, yeah. and not really worry about it. Right. It'd be interesting to see a first trailer or some images of it. Yeah, I'm curious what the plot's going to be of this original Elizabeth Salander movie when they had a... Uh, I thought the second book was pretty good. I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, was it not a third book? Girl Who Catching yeah. Fire. Third one I started and it was, good. I don't know, not as good. Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest? M- M- the movie's gone. Mocking Girls? Mocking Girl. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Girl Who, what's the second one called? Something Fire? Played, Played the Fire. fire. Played the Fire. Oh, and there's a confirmation. This was kind of last week. Disney streaming service is going to have Marvel and Dis- and uh, Star Wars. Great. They just made themselves like a, a billion dollars. Yep. I mean, I'll, they're, I'll, they're good at doing that. I'm gonna, I'll yeah. sign up for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are they going to have the entire Disney library on there? Like, There's no way they're going to they're gonna keep that vault leaking. The thought is that it is going to have that. There's some, some uh, people predicting that it's going to be a tiered service. That, that it's going to be like the Star Wars like access. Hulu. Yeah, Star Wars access is different from Marvel access. That's different from Disney but I like Ultra all access to access the vault. I mean, it's fine if they're, you know, that's fine. I'll pay twelve ninety nine for all of it. So if they're all three ninety nine a month, I'll, I'll pay it. Yeah, but if it's a la carte, that's going to be pretty brutal. Well, I mean, it's they like, can be a la carte as long as the price is right. Is my point. Yeah, but if it's like eight dollars per sure. access. Gonna be rough. It's, it's yeah, like, what, what's next? Are they just gonna sell the movies individually, like <laughs> digital versions? <laughs> it's it, it's like next they're gonna tell me I can only have it for three days and I have to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if they had a uh, from if you have a kid and you get Disney till they're about five, and then you get or well, I guess maybe we'll call it seven or eight, and then you get what's called that Marvel flat for like eight to thirteen, and then Star Wars from you know. 13 to 17. And, and the Disney again. Cancel the service. <laughs> I'd be most excited for the Disney streaming, honestly. Yeah. Because I own all the Star Wars movies and the Marvel ones are, they're rewatchable, but they're not great movies. Right. It's weird though because uh, they just added Pocahontas on streaming on Netflix. So they're they're clearly going to continue the rotation until they absolutely have to stop. Oh yeah. I mean, they haven't even really announced what the platform's going to look like. They've already announced their outdate. They're April 1st next year. They're fucking out of there. Oh, okay. Everything's getting yanked off Netflix. Watch it while you can. I don't know if that's like a firm date. I'm going to sign I love the songs in that one. The songs are good. Yeah. It's, it's everything you can paint with that's not paint. <laughs> <laughs> it's a draft. Pocahontas would love Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> can you paint with all the colors of MS Paint? <laughs> Oh, I thought the song. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's the song. Wait, wait, when did you think the song was? I thought the song was blowing in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Colors of the wind. So I was like, yeah, Pocahontas. How many roads (laughs) must man walk now? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that pretty much does it, guys. Recommended movie for this weekend? What's coming out? Uh, Oh, the Sexist is coming out. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Couple of good actresses. Yeah, and the news out of the film festivals is that it's really good. Nice. I mean, it's Steve Carell and uh, what's her name? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. So they've been good in lots of things. Equals success. Emma Stone. Emma. Emma. Emma Stone. That story's good. I wonder if it's going to start with the first. Because you know there were two matches. I think people forget there was a first mm-hmm. one a lot that that he beat Billie Jean King mm-hmm. in the first one. There's also Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Oh, I'd, yeah. That'd be fast. Super fun. Mm-hmm. And the Lego Ninjago movie. Yeah, that does look pretty entertaining. Yeah. It's gotten good reviews from critics and early screenings. And then Stronger is that Jake Gyllenhaal was hitting the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And it's about his recovery. Looks like a real pick-me-up. <laughs> I like the trailer. The trailer looks Oh, that, that's just limited release in L.A. No more vague one-word titles. I'm getting so sick of all these. Like, uh, wasn't strong. You want more titles like "I hung my lesbian wife on a meat hook"? Yes, that I know what movie we're talking about. <laughs> I can already two years from now, some, one of us is gonna be like, "Oh, I watch Stronger on HBO Go," and I'll be like, "What?" And like, it's that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. I'm like, "Oh, the one where he tears down walls in his apartment is like a metaphor." No, that's like deconstruction or whatever that was called. What was? Do you know the name of the movie I'm talking about? 
Nope, I stopped listening. <laughs> yeah, you got to do pretty, a pretty fever pitch right there, and I just started looking like, well, what's what about next week? There was a thing on Bojack where they flashback to 2007, and there's like this old white man agent. He's like, what about No Country for Old Men? Uh, the title's too long. Two words or less. What about this one? There will be blood. He's like, no, call me back when it's be blood or there will. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Kingsman or Battle of Sexes? Or Friend Request. Or Friend Request. They're both really entertaining. I would love to see either one. I'd probably go see Battle. Yeah, I'm probably Battle. Kingsman. And Battle of the Sexes. It looks like it's going to be funny, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see both of them real bad, though. Yeah. And I'll probably see the, the Lego Ninjago movie, too. Yep. Uh, I'm not the Kingsman was fun, but I I don't think I don't really love that movie. I think it'd be fun to see on HBO later. Whoa, Ninjago movie. Dave Franco, Michael Pena, Jackie Chan, Camille Nanjiani, Zach Woods, Fred Armisen, Olivia Munn, Justin Thoreau, Abby Jacobson. What? What? <laughs> that's some talent. <laughs> and that's the podcast. This was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. Please visit the site and see our connect with us on Twitter. Gmail, Facebook, whatever you want. Uh, we would love to hear from you for podcast topics and uh, to hear what you guys think. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a beep. And I uh, want to say thanks to Willow Walkers for the intro. <laughs> Willow Walkers. <laughs> thanks to Boo Reefer for the outro. We're fun. We're fun. And I uh, want to say thanks to you guys for being here. That's TJ, Brent, Chris, yeah. David. I'm done with you. And uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads Small town, slow folks, long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know My, uh, my wife loves that show. My wife. My wife. <laughs> we, we can't start doing that as much as I want to. <clears throat> we have fun.